Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, June 25th, 2021. Well, here we are on June 25th, reading about the day that John the Baptist was born. And we saw earlier in Luke, well, he was about six months ahead of the birth of Christ, which we celebrate on December 25th. So, hey, everybody, happy birthday, John the Baptist, here on June 25th, as we read uh, just this song that comes from his birth. And obviously, take this with a little grain of salt. We do not know if uh, Jesus was born on December 25th. So we certainly don't know if John the Baptist was born on June 25th. But we see in Scripture he was born six months ahead of Uh, Jesus. And what we read today is something that you think of a birthday, you think of celebrating. We read a celebratory thing here, even more than just celebratory, a prophetic thing here as we wrap up Luke chapter one. And that's where I want us to start as we dig into God's word today, as we think about John the Baptist and we realize his birth was more than just the birth of a, of a normal child, right? I think of just having a birth in my own house uh, less than two months ago, right? That That's an exciting thing. But there was something extra to the birth of John the Baptist because it was uh, special. It came to a woman who everyone thought was barren and too old. It was a birth that was prophesied. It was fulfilling prophecy from the Old Testament, and it was signaling a new age and something bigger that was about to happen, the coming of the Messiah. So the birth of John the Baptist should be celebrated, and we want to think about why. And really, this song of Zechariah that we're going to read today will help us see why. So we read yesterday of the actual birth itself, and we read of Zechariah saying in obedience that his name would be John, and how at that moment his tongue was loosed and he spoke blessing God and how everyone could see that the hand of the Lord was on him. And then it records some of the words that Zechariah actually said at being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says that these were prophetic words. So let me read uh, just the entire section here uh, of Zechariah's prophetic praise and celebration of the birth of John the Baptist. It says, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, For he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you child will be called the prophet of the most high for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. 
So there we see just these incredible words of praise that John the Baptist's father, and we see from the beginning, we know later in John the Baptist's life that he would talk about, hey guys, it's not about me. Uh, It is about the, the person I'm coming before, the one whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. And we see that mindset really even came from his father, because if you notice this song, it's not just about his son, John the Baptist. Most of it even is talking about the person that his son is going to go before, the the house of his servant David. That's talking about the Messiah that is coming, and to fulfill all these promises, um, he's talking about the Messiah. And he knows that John the Baptist is going to be a prophet going before the Lord, going before the Messiah to prepare his ways. So this was a great thing and it was worth celebrating. And I want you to notice there's the language about being saved from our enemies. And we know that at least in Jesus's first coming, that military victory was not uh, what that visit, what that incarnation, what that um, time in the just the work of Christ, the first coming, the first advent was not focused on that. But we see later in verse 77 that Jesus came to give the knowledge. And this is how John the Baptist prepared the way to give the knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of sins. That is a key verse because we know that Jesus did not just come for a political cause. He came so that we might be forgiven of our sins. And we see right here in Luke 1, it's getting to the root problem. Because when we look out at the world and we see all the problems, we know the root cause is sin. And therefore, the cure has to be the gospel, this forgiveness of sins that came through Jesus Christ. And that was foretold by John the Baptist. Then verse 78 talks about the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. And I love those few verses there at the end because it gives, I think, a powerful and a beautiful picture of the gospel, that the coming of Jesus Christ is like, it's like a sunrise. A sunrise where as, as the light begins to come out over the dark world, the light shines the forgiveness of sins. And we see that here, but also I think we see how the gospel always, when you look at scripture, it's not just about forgiveness of sins. It's also about a change in our lives and freedom from the power of sin. And you get that imagery where it talks about to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. So Jesus came like a sunrise to warm us and forgive us from our sins, but also to direct us that we might leave the path of sin and find in his light the way of peace. And so as we think about the ministry of John the Baptist telling people about this sunrise before it happened, I think that one thing we should be encouraged by today is to consider our role to tell people about this sunrise now that it has happened. John was able to say, hey guys, the sunrise is coming, or even was kind of able to point in the early days of Jesus' ministry, hey, see see the light on the horizon, guys? Well, now you and I can say, guys, look, the sun is shining. Jesus Christ has come. You can be forgiven from your sins. Your feet can find the way of peace in the light of Jesus Christ. May we be encouraged in our role as witnesses 
as we consider these prophetic words about John the Baptist. Because we should care uh, that other people hear the message of Jesus Christ. And that brings me to our next passage for today, 2 Corinthians 10, 7 through 18. And here again, you're going to start to see Paul even alluding very directly to some of the uh, things that people in that church are saying about Paul to cut him down, to mischaracterize him. And that often comes as a part of ministry. Uh, But one thing that you'll hear Even if you go to pastor's conferences, or I've heard this so many times, uh, just growing up in the church and in ministry contexts, and people will tell, uh, you know, a young pastor, hey, you focus on the depth of your ministry and let God take care of the breadth of your ministry. Now, I appreciate some of what's trying to be communicated there, that we shouldn't just try to, you know, water things down or uh, things like that for the sake of reaching more people. No, we want to go deep in to God's word. But I do think that statement, focus on the depth of your ministry, let God take care of the breadth of your ministry. I think it does start to create a false dichotomy uh, that it's really one or uh, the other, and that you it's impossible to faithfully focus on both. Well, I think the example and the words of the Apostle Paul here stand in, in contrast to that, because I think we clearly see, I don't think anybody would ever accuse the Apostle Paul of not focusing on depth and the depth of theology and God's word in his ministry. But we also see today that he wanted his ministry to expand in its breadth. Even just look at uh, verse 15 here, where he says, We do not boast beyond uh, limit in the labors of others, but our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged, so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you without boasting already of work already done in another's area of influence. So we see there, Paul wanted to expand his circle of influence within that church and beyond that church. And I do think we see, well, Paul focused on depth, and that's what he wanted to expand in the breadth, but in the breadth, but it was not simply one or the other. And then in verse 17, though, he gets to a very clear um, point where he says, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. And that's also very key. If, if anyone ever wants to expand their ministry and what it's about is expanding their ministry, that's not what it's supposed to be about. It's not about anyone's ministry. It's really about we want to expand the influence of the word of God. Let him who boasts boasts in the Lord. We want the gospel to go forth. We want to see that expanded. So we should never, ever sacrifice depth. And in fact, I think it's depth and teaching the Bible, teaching the gospel that will lead ultimately to an increase in breadth. But that is not something that we should ignore. And so we as, I think as churches, we should rightly be asking, hey, how can we grow our church? How can we reach more people in our community? How can we plant other churches? How can we support missions? We want to see more people reached with the good news of Jesus Christ. We want to tell more people about this sunrise from on high and forgiveness of sins and people finding the way of peace. 
And so you should be thinking that about yourself, right? We don't sacrifice the gospel to try to reach people with it, but you should be thinking, how can I reach more people? How can I have a greater influence on others, not with my own ministry or my own example, but with the truth of the message of Jesus Christ? These are questions worth asking. And as we consider John the Baptist, we see again an example. He wanted to reach people. But he clearly also was not about himself. And so may we find that right uh, way of thinking and that right balance where we're not focused on ourselves or expanding really our influence, but we're focused on expanding the gospel and that message and seeing it touch more people corporately as a church, but also as individuals. Well, next, let's go to 2 Kings chapter 5, chapters 5 and 6. And it starts with kind of a very familiar story of Naaman being cured of his leprosy and how he's told to do something that he doesn't think of as high and mighty. And he's kind of a high and mighty guy. And his servants have to remind him, um, this isn't a hard thing you were asked to do. Why don't you just do it? And so he does, and he is healed. We read about the greed of Elisha's servant and his deceptive, uh, the deceptive way in which he goes about getting uh, money from Naaman. Uh, But then in chapter six, we read a very interesting account of the king of Syria having a problem that Elisha is, uh, you know, he's stealing the signs, so to speak. He's, he knows what they're going to do before they do it. And so he sends an army to go and to get Elisha and Elisha's servant is terrified. And Elisha says, do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. And here in that, I think we just get a snapshot of the faith of Elisha. And while God might not give you a vision of chariots of fire and all these other things, we should remember the promises of God. And let this be an illustration for us that we need to walk by faith and not by sight. When we seem surrounded by pressures from the world or or persecution or or trials, whatever it may be, may we look past those to remind ourselves of the promises of God and his power and the, the presence really that he promises to have in our lives as we trust him. Well, finally, we look at Psalm 77 today, verses one through nine. And uh, again, this is one of those times as we break up some of these Psalms, it's a tough place to stop um, because literally the last two verses are, has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Right? Those are tough questions. And again, sometimes in life, you might feel that way. And if you feel that way, remember, well, you're not alone. Here it is, a psalmist feeling the same way. But let me just say, we're going to understand tomorrow that he's going to answer those questions. He's going to answer those questions, no, the steadfast love of God has not ceased. His promises are not at an end. And we'll get into that reasoning more tomorrow. But for now, may we know, well, I know the answer to that is no, because of what I heard from Zechariah, that God kept his promises. The Messiah was on the way, the sunrise was coming. 
And as we now stand in the light of that sun, may we rejoice, not so much just today in the birth of John the Baptist, but rejoice in the Son, the Savior, who offers us forgiveness of sins and guides our feet into the way of peace. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.